become joint heirs with everything that Christ has to offer us. Um, you know, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, and back then I, I kind of thought on the materialistic side, I guess you can say. Something exciting to me was, you know, when I'm 16 years old, got my first new car. You start a family out, you get your first house. It's, it's, it's exciting. But we need to be excited about what God has to offer us, what God has to give us through his inheritance. Uh, you know, to me now, what's exciting to me is the simple fact that it was what Christ did for us. You know, we're, we're just around the corner from Christmas, you know, and then after that we'll be celebrating uh, Easter, you know, Christ dying on the cross, raising a, to live again three days later, and then finally ascending to heaven to be next to his Father, you know. But through that, he has giving us, given us an inheritance. Has anybody ever, here ever received an inheritance from, from a loved one maybe that's passed away before, and they leave you a couple thousand dollars or something like that, you know, unexpected money, you know, uh, but God gives us an inheritance that, that we can use as we grow through Christ. Um, I mean, to me, Christ dying on the cross to rise again, to, it, to me now is, is probably the greatest inheritance that we as a Christian could, could ever receive. You know, because money is great here and now. Stuff is great here and now, but we can't take, us with, take it with us to heaven. That's, all the things of the earth are going to be left behind. Uh, in Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You know, as Christians, we're going to be expected to suffer. It's, it's not going to be a bed of roses for us. You know, life is not always going to be peaches and cream. We're, we're, we're going to go th through times. We're going to go through issues. But God plans it this way because he wants us to grow stronger through him. He wants us to, you know... You know, my goal in life is, is, is I want to be like Jesus. I can never be him. But for what time I have left on earth, to either, you know, the day that they have to put me six foot under or until the day Christ comes back, you know, if I'm here to see that, you know, we have to live to be as much like Christ as possible by being heirs to him. It also says in Galatians 3.29 that if you are Christ then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's two types of inheritances that, that we receive from Christ. Okay? And I'm probably going to cut this message into two parts. Okay? But there's two aspects of, of inheritance that we receive through Christ. The first one is a spiritual inheritance. 
okay? Or in the, well, we can call that an eternal inheritance. And then the other inheritance is, is inheritance now. Things that we can utilize as a Christian now. It says in Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. For our eternal inheritance in Titus 3, 7, that, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to their hope of eternal life. You know, there's, there's, the Bible doesn't get into great, great detail of what we receive eternally. It just kind of gives us, I guess we'll call it little snippets. Everybody knows what a snippet is, just a little, little piece, you know. And the first one comes from 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I'm just going to go through these, these verses real quick. So if I need to slow down, just say, hey, Dennis, slow down. In Revelation 21, 2, then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. In Revelation 21, 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, that there should be no more death, nor sour, no crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Another one is in Psalms 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of sons of men. And then finally, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So like I said, it's, the Bible just gives us brief snippets of what we have to look forward to eternally, okay? What we have to look forward to, to look forward to. You know, in another perspective, I'm going to kind of talk military here a little bit. You know, we, I remember in the days we, when I was stationed at Fort Campbell, the infamous 20-mile road march. Forced road march, combat boots, 100-pound rucksack on your back, 20 miles, and, you know, unless, unless you pretty much fell over in the ditch and laid there and cry and whined, you had to do it, okay? And you had to have something to look forward to. You had to have something, you know, like, like, like the carrot in front of the horse, you know, you had to have something to keep you going in that direction. You know, for me, what I look forward to to get through that 20-mile road march is I'm going to get back, I'm going to be able to take off my boots, take off these, these, these socks, soak my feet, you know, get all the blisters taken care of because I took blisters were monstrous, you know. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, combat boots are not from Dr. Scholl's, okay. But you had something to look forward to, 
you know. And the fact then too is you didn't have to do this again for another three months because they, they made you do it every 90 days, you know. Don't know why, but we had to. But you have something to look forward to. So the scripture that I gave you, it gives you things that we can look forward to as a Christian. The, the, the part, you know, as I was talking with Clem while going, his, his, his knuckles are bothering him, you know. To me, it's awesome that we have to, the fact to look forward to that. When we go to heaven, no more pain, no more sorrow. You know, it's going to, go, it's going to be nothing but joy and happiness. And that's, you know, you know I, I look forward to that, you know. I, I dread, you know, Al keeps teasing me about, you know, hey, when you get your knee replaced, you know, think about this, you know, because it hurts, <laughs> you know. But, but no more pain, no more sorrow, you know. We have forward to look for, we get, get to look forward to heaven itself, you know. We, we can only speculate what heaven is going to be like. You know, you know, streets of gold, you know, gates of pearl, you know. But to me, the most awesome thing to look forward to, how many people have questions about the Bible that they just really don't really just understand something? I know I do, even with all this thing. I have lots of questions, but we're going to have a day where we're going to be able to sit at the throne of Christ and have those questions answered. You know, and that's going to be a point where we're going to be able to sit there and say, man, I really had that wrong. Or, wow, that, that, that preacher was even nowhere near the mark, you know. So we have things to look forward to in Christ, you know, to, to keep us going, to keep us, you know, in the military we used to use the phrase, keep on keeping on. You know, it keeps us keeping on. It keeps us wanting to live in faith for Christ. It keeps us wanting to do the correct things, to be obedient to him. You know, it's, it's really important, you know. You know, like, like the song, I can only imagine, you know. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. I know it's going to be wonderful, you know. That I do know. I wish I could share with you explicit details, you know, what it's going to be like, but I can't because the Bible doesn't give us explicit details. It just gives us a glimpse of what we as Christians have, have to look forward to. In John 14, 1 through 4, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Man. Who here wants to have a mansion? Come on. I hope I get a maid with it. <laughs> but that's going to be awesome, a mansion. You know, Christ is building a mansion for us with many rooms. You know, you know Natalie, you might have a room right next to me. That's kind of kind of creepy, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it'd be, be like a big B&B, &B, you know. But that's going to be awesome, you know. Something to look forward to, you know. It just... Trust me when I say, I so much want Christ to come. 
but not now because you know we as Christians we have too much work on this earth that we have to do you know there's too many souls who need salvation that need to be led to Christ you know but for me knowing what I have in store for me either through death or or through Christ through the second coming you know it keeps me keeping on it, it makes me grow in him become bolder in him our spiritual inheritance here and now okay now this is kind of ironic because it's completely opposite of the eternal because the Bible gives us explicit details of what we have now through the inheritance of Christ you know and the biggest one comes through the through the Holy Spirit you know we we all know Christ is not walking walking earth with us today but he left us the Holy Spirit to help us make decisions to help guide us to to make us stronger to give us boldness to give us many things in Ephesians 1 13 14 it says in him you have also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also have believed you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory goes on in Psalms 36 8 they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house excuse me here papers are sticking together you give them drink from the river of your pleasures so God's promises promising this through his inheritance many things one of them is all things that pertain unto life and godliness second Peter 1 and 3 he's going to give us everything all the tools are there for us to use to be as much like God as we can like I said my, my goal is is I, is I want to be as much like Christ as I can possibly be I want people to know that just through my actions and the way I carry myself that people can just come up to me and say man you know I know you're a Christian you know because when you get to that point that's when God truly starts to use you now I'm going to tell you a, a, a real quick story that just happened and, and Natalie I was talking about just a while ago you know when you put yourself in a position where you, where you live in Christ the way you're supposed to be living in Christ he's going to use you immensely while Maureen was at work some lady from is either Ohio or Iowa okay she doesn't even know this lady calls her at work and uh, out of 700 Burlington stores the phone call wound up going to where Maureen works over in St. Peter's and this was a woman who needed a coat she was needing a size 7x so yeah she's she's a big lady okay um, through her conversation she found out that the woman was roughly right at a thousand pounds okay and she could not find a coat for nothing you know but because of her obedience and the way that she she walks in faith with Christ and how she's, she tries to be more and more like God every day 
everything, you know, I, I, like I said, out of 700 stores, that phone call could have went to any place. And it could have just wound up to some, some person in some other store, a non-Christian, probably could really just care less. You know, sorry, I'm up, I'm, we don't have that size coat. That would have been the end of the conversation. But you know what? That phone call went to Maureen, and with, because of her giving heart and her heart of Christ, she went to work. Found her a coat, okay? I'm not a person... Uh, donated the money for the coat. So when we went online to purchase the coat, okay, which initially when we looked at it was $49.95, okay, when we went to go purchase the coat, guess what happened? Put it in the card, guess what? The coat went half off. So not only did this woman get a coat, they're getting two coats. That's how God works. That's how God works. He's going to do everything to pertain life and goodness. Another inheritance that we get to, that we can use today and now is power and anointing in the Holy Spirit. That's in Acts 1.8 and also talks about it in John 2.27. The Holy Spirit is our guiding factor. Too many people make decisions today, especially Christians, where they're thinking with this and not letting the Holy Spirit guide them. And that's usually when they set up, they get set up for failure. They don't, they tend to not understand why the outcome did not come out the way they wanted it to come out. Because they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work through them through their life. You know, there's, there's, there's many people who, who change churches for whatever reasons, and they think, well, this person in this church offended me, I'm changing churches. So instead of dealing with the offense and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through them, they make a decision on their own, I'm going to go to a different church, and guess what? They get to that church, and they're no more happier because they're not obedient to the Holy Spirit. And that's just a small example. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to teach us, to lead us, to educate us, to, to keep us on, the, on, on the, the straight and narrow path as being a Christian. And we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. If we don't, you know, we are, we are setting ourselves up for failure. You know, I know what it's like to not let the Holy Spirit guide, you know. Uh, this, this past... On the 12th, I don't know if anybody's seen my post. That was a pretty rough day for me. Um, that was the, it was a 24th anniversary of an aero air flight that I was supposed to have been on coming back from the Sinai Peninsula. And it's something that's hard for me to deal with because that plane took off out of Gander, Newfoundland. Everybody died on board. The plane crashed on takeoff. And this was during the time, time frame when I was, I was getting back on track with God. I was, I was beginning to let the Holy Spirit work and guide me. And, you know, it could have been a situation where I would not be standing here today. Okay? 
but the Holy Spirit intervened. And it saddens me for the people who did die in the crash. I had many, many friends. And uh, I said, it was, I'm going to be honest, it was, it was a pretty depressing day for me, you know. But God had plans already. Holy Spirit was already working on me, moving me into positions and places to be doing the things that I'm doing today. So just a little bit of an example, you know, how you can let the Holy Spirit work through you and guide you. And, and you know, I hear, I hear a lot of questions like, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit talking to you? And it's not just my head. Trust me, you will know. You will, if it's the Holy Spirit that's guiding you and wanting you to do something, just like the song we say, sing, Relentless, Holy Spirit's not going to let go of you. He is, the Holy Spirit is determined. God is determined to get his way. And if this doesn't happen through you, it's going to happen through somebody else. You, you, you will distinctively know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you. Big one, okay? What we get from our inheritance today is forgiveness of sins and the freedom from guilt. Everyone here at some time in their life in their past are sinners. We're still sinners today. You know, we've all, we all sin for short, fall short of the glory of God. But we know with that that we can sit there. And I, can, you know, I can wake up in the morning. You can wake up in the morning and say, God, you know, forgive me my sins. You know, I might have done something wrong that was not honorable in your eyes. And Lord, forgive me from that. And you know, it's cast as far as the east is from the west. You know, east is from the west. It's a never-ending circle. You go east, it just keeps going and going and going. If you toss it west, it just keeps going and going and going. It's, it's infinity, okay? God casts that away from you to be seen no more. That is an important thing of inheritance. And we're covered by the, through the blood of Jesus Christ through his salvation. Now the thing of inheritance we get is divine health and healing. Now, that's, that's kind of a slippery slope. Okay? Do I have any, any Joel, anybody out here listen to Joel Osteen? A little bit? Okay. You know, Many times that we have something going on in our life, especially in illness, and it may not even necessarily be us, it may be a loved one, okay? And sometimes you don't receive the healing that you expected, okay? I've been there before. Al, you've been there, you know? And it raises doubt, it raises questions of, why wasn't I healed? Why wasn't I taken care of? Why didn't... Why didn't God heal me? But Joelistine uses a, a, a phrase all the time. And, and what that is is sometimes is you're not being healed or you're not receiving something that you were expecting from Christ is a setup. Okay? For something greater. For something bigger. Okay? 
We may not know what it is, you know. Al, you may not know, know why your, your knee was never healed, but maybe through your healing and your recovering and your testimony, that could lead to somebody else's salvation. Because I firmly believe that doctors are part of, of, of Christ's healing process. You know, their knowledge. So always keep that in mind. Maybe just because I'm not being healed, it's just a setup for something bigger and greater. Freedom from poverty, assurance that our needs will be met. And that's in Matthew 6, 36. Okay? God wants to give you your heart's desire. Okay? But with that, you have to be obedient in him. Okay? I, I've kind of told this story before, I think. Maybe not. But... This is kind of all, all has to do with inheritances. And, and uh, a friend of mine who he received a inheritance through, through his wife's family, a, a pretty good chunk sum of money. And the easiest way to put it is they blew through all that money. I mean, they blew through it. And in my conversation with him, I was like, did you tithe on that? Did you give back to God what belongs to God? And no, I didn't. And now he struggles financially, it seems like, every day. Sometimes it seems like he told me sometimes he doesn't have two pennies to rub together. Ever heard that phrase before? He struggles. And I told him, I go, that's because you are not obedient to Christ to give him back to what belongs to him. You're, you're, you're not giving him anything extra. You can, because that's when your biggest blessings come, is when you go above and beyond. And it doesn't have to necessarily have to be monetarily. It can be in service. But because he did not give to God what belonged to God, that created his struggles. But he wants us to not live in poverty. He wants us to be obedient to him in small things so that he can bless us with bigger things. You know, he, you know, the word tells us that we're, we're going to have mansions in heaven. You know, I could never imagine owning a mansion today. But we have that to look forward to. Uh... We get love, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. That's in Romans 14, 17. Another one kind of already touched on it. Victory and freedom from the bondage of sin. Romans 8, 11, you know. We become more than conquerors in all things. That's given to us in Romans 8, 37. We receive an abundance of grace for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And that just goes along with what I just said. You know, Jesus said, you know, to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give to God what belongs to God. Okay, you're, you're, you're not giving because you have to give. You're giving because it's, it's already God's. 
You're just giving it back to him. Then you get your greatest abundance is when you go above and beyond. You know, there's been many a times in the homeless outreach that myself and Maureen had done where we were down to our last few dollars and we knew that people on the streets needed something. And we were willing to give that last $20 to go purchase something for them that they needed because, you know, especially, you know it's winter time. You know, we already knew we had a warm home to go to. So if we need to give them something with our last $20, we know that God's going to take care of us in any way, shape, or form. You know, it may not necessarily be giving money back to you, but you're going to get blessed for it. And probably quadruple compared to what you did. We get an understanding of the mystery of God's will. You know, God's will with us is, you know, Alan and I kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, he, he raised a question to me, you know, how can God know what his plan is already for you if you have free will? And yes, you have free will to make choices. But through the Holy Spirit, that's when the Holy Spirit is used to work on you to keep you from making the wrong choice, especially if you're a Christian. So always keep that in mind. You know, we understand the mystery of God's will, you know. A year ago, I would never thought I'd be, be, be preaching in a church. Like I said, I've told you before, not on my radar, not even in my thought process in any, any way. You know, I used to not be able to spell pastor, now I are one, you know. But it was never on my radar, you know. And trust me, speaking up here is much different than speaking downtown on the streets in, a, in, in that kind of environment. You know, it, it's, it's, it's night and day. And if you've ever been downtown, I mean, Glenn, you've been down, downtown and you've been able to talk with people and witness with people. You know, it's, it's a completely different environment than what you see in the church, you know. I don't think you're, well, maybe you are a little bit more scrutinized down, downtown, you know. But, you know, we are given free will to make choices, but God knows our, our, our destiny is already predetermined. It's already predetermined. God wants a specific outcome in our life. For everybody, he wants a specific outcome. And that's through the salvation of Jesus Christ. To receive all these things that you inherit. Okay. But we make poor decisions. We make bad decisions. You know, we may slip at the tongue. Um, we may go out for whatever reason, and go get drunk. You know, we, 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 we make the wrong choices. But through the salvation and blood of Jesus Christ, we have the ability, as mentioned before, that we, we, we can repent, we can ask for forgiveness. It's tossed away. And we keep on keeping on. We keep on doing the work of God. Uh... Moving right along, we've received divine guidance. That's told, given to it, tells us that in Romans 8.14. We receive happiness. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. Okay, we receive happiness. And trust me, I can tell you, and probably everybody here, there is a very distinct, distinct difference on 
how happy you are if you're a sinner versus if you're a Christian. Yeah, when I was not following Christ the way I should be, was I happy? Well, you know, it's not like I sat in a room and I cried all the time or I was sorrowful all the time, okay? But I was just taken day by day. I was going day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. But as a Christian, I'm more happy because I have something to look forward to. As a Christian, I'm, I'm, God has given me a plan. You know, with me, he's, he's told me what I should be doing. Just like with Natalie. Natalie, his plan for Natalie is, is leading in worship. For me, it's pastoring. It's working with the homeless. We all have a plan, but we have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit so that we can get there. He gives us security, Psalms 91. We become co-laborers with God, 1 Corinthians 3.9. Co-laborers means we, God has given us the power to do his work. He's not here with us today. Jesus is not walking the streets with us today, but through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to, to go out and do God's work. We have the ability to go out and spread the gospel to those who need it. And that doesn't mean... You know, that we sit here in the church and wait for people to walk through the doors. That's not how it works, because that's not what Christ did. Christ didn't sit in a temple somewhere, you know. He got out on the streets. He walked through Judea, meeting the people where they stand, letting him know of his Father's love and letting them know of what was to come and what's to be. I don't know if the clock's up here. Where am I at on time? So I got a couple more minutes. I can probably breeze through this. Therefore, with joy, you will draw near, I'm sorry, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So once we give our hearts to Christ, all these things I just kind of list I went through, and trust me, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much, so much more. But once we accept Christ in our hearts, there's so much that he can do for us. And it's not that, that what he can do for us, he wants to do it for us if we let him. You know, we, we all have stumbling blocks that... that, that keeps God from working through us the way he wants to. And it's important that we identify what those stumbling blocks are. If it's, if it's a sin, you know, you know are, you, are you holding a grudge against somebody? Are you doing things that are, are just not right in the eyes of God? Those are the things that we have to turn over. You know, I just kind of told you about, about December 12th. You know, it took me a long, long time to finally sit down and say, you know, God, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of carrying this burden. I want to give it to you so that you can use me the way you want to use me. I can't let this stop me. I can't let this impede me from doing your work. The keys to possessing your inheritance. First and foremost, you have to believe that those things belong to you. 
They're yours for the taking. It's like, it's like winning a lottery. It's there. It's for you to use. It's for, it's for you to have. You know, you, you just got to take it. You already mentioned that God already has a destiny for our lives. But you also have to meditate on these things. You have to meditate on the things of his inheritance so that God's word will be firmly established in your heart and believing that they actually do belong to you. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's many things that God wants to give me. I'm not even, even fully using to the best extent possible, I guess you can say. You know, we, we have to stand firm. We, we, we have to be like Abraham, you know. We, we don't need to waver the promises of God. You know, Abraham was, was told to sacrifice his son, okay? How many here could, do you think you could sacrifice your son, sacrifice your child? I know that would be tough for me. Okay. But he did. He went, he built, built, the, built the altar. He was prepared to sacrifice his son. He went as far as grabbing that knife and he, and he was ready to plunge it into his son when, when finally when God said, stop. And when he said stop, he goes, I wanted to see how far you would go with your obedience in me. So something I want you to think about is how obedient are you? If God's asking you to do something, are you doing what he's telling you to do? Because we all want bigger and better blessings. We all want bigger and better stuff. But before that's going to happen, we got to be obedient in little things before he's going to let us even attempt with the bigger things. You know, one of, one of mine and Maureen's goals is, is we, we want to see tiny homes done in St. Louis here uh, for the homeless veterans for start. But we also know before God's going to trust us with that, he wants to trust us with the little things that we're doing right now. You know, when God started talking to us and, and, and leading our hearts to start the homeless ministry in St. Charles County, we could have said, no, nah, we're not doing that. You know, we're already down here with churches on the streets down in St. Louis. We already got that warm and fuzzy feeling. We don't want to mess with the headache. You know, having to deal with St. Charles County, St. Charles City, wherever we're going, you know. And trust me, it, it's not been smooth sailing. We've, we've met our obstacles. We've, we've, we've had plenty of obstacles fall in front of us already and moving this ministry to where we want to go. But we also know that because we are being obedient to God in this little thing of just saying, okay, yeah, we're going we're to take a leap of faith and we're going to do this. We're going to be obedient to God. That all these other things, that the, all these other obstacles that are coming in place, we already know they're going to be taken care of. You know, one of our things is that we've been, been trying to figure out is where we're going to set up at, where we're going to do this at. And we, trust me when I tell you, We've been shut down time and time already. You know, we've heard everything from, no, we don't want you sitting up here because we don't want the homeless here. As far as we're concerned, they can all just be thrown in jail. I don't get that. 
or we have had thrown at us, well, no, we don't want you to sit up here because you're doing something that we're already doing. So we don't want you here. So they didn't want us to steal any, I guess, they didn't want to share their glory, you know. And, and the way I look at it, when it comes to working with the people on the streets, there's never too many people out there to help these, these folks. You know, never too many people. Why does somebody, do we have to just help them one, one day of the week when we can help them, the possibility, two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, seven days a week down the road? But like I said, I know that with our being obedient to Christ, he's going to open up all the doors, he's going to answer all the prayers, he's going to make sure everything that we need to, be, to spread the gospel of Christ to these people, it's going to happen. I don't, I don't even worry about it. it. It just doesn't make sense to worry about it. In Romans 4, 20, 21, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he has promised, he will also be able to perform. You know, I, we, we could have... I said, we could have took the attitude, no, God, we're not doing that. We're, we're comfortable with what we're doing downtown in St. Louis right now. We don't want to mess with it. You know? Or we could have attempted to start, start this up in, in St. Charles and, and things start falling apart, not working the way that we, again, our head's thinking and not letting the Holy Spirit lead us. It's not working the way Dennis wants it to work out or the way Maureen wants it to work out. So we could just we just throw in the hat and call it quits. Now we're just going to go back to St. Louis because it's already established. When it comes to working with Christ and spreading the gospel of Christ, it's not an easy road. It never will be. You know, I've already done sermons on, on being persecuted and getting shot down and negativity and everything, but as long as we are obedient to God, he's going to make it happen. God's going to get his way. You know, so it doesn't make any sense to argue about it. I already kind of touched on it, cultivating a lifestyle of faith of obedience. You know, obedience as, as a Christian, I, I just can't overemphasize how important that is. You know, we all want, you know, it's human nature, the biggest, the baddest. What's, what's the old saying? Keeping up with the Joneses? Okay. Well, my neighbor's got, got, got a new camper. Well, I want to get a new camper, but mine's going to be twice the size. Okay. A lot of people like that. You know, and it kind of gets into a, a, thing, a war of things. Okay. We're told in Proverbs that a faithful man or woman will, be abound, will abound with blessings as we are faithful to cultivate a heart of faithfulness and obedience to faith, we will abound in inheritance of what God has for us. The more obedient in Christ we are with him, the more we're going to get out of it. The more obedient you are with Christ, the more you're going to get out of it. So think about it. Just coming to church and sitting in a seat for a couple hours and then going back home, when God's calling you to do other things, you're not going to get all the blessings and all the entitlement that, that God has in store for you. 
know, if, if, if you're the type of person where you feel God's tugging at your heart to do something, you know what? Go do it. Just go do it. Don't argue. You know, don't throw a temper tantrum about it. Be obedient. Go do it. I've already told you the story before. We know what, what happened with Jonah. All God wanted Jonah to do was go over here and talk, talk to this, this place over here because they were living a life of sin and Jonah didn't want anything to do out do with it. So he goes the other way, gets on a boat, goes out in the middle of the sea, gets down in the bottom of the boat, storm rolls in, okay? What happens? The sailors throw him off the boat. He gets swallowed by a fish three days later. He gets spit out on the beach, and guess where he's at? He's right back where God wanted him to be at. And like I've already said, God is going to have you do what he wants you to do. So why fight it? Just, get, just give in and do it. Because God's going to have, you know, throwing a temper tantrum like a two-year-old. Because God wants you to do something. It's not going to work. You know, you know it's, it's, he's, he's like, he, you know, God's our dad. Jesus is our dad, you know. You know, we're, we've all been parents, and what happens when we got a, got, got a little kid that they don't want to do what we want them to do? Who wins? We as the parent, we always win. At least most of the time. You know, some, sometimes, some parents, I guess, they may, may let the, the kids get away with it, but most instances, the parent wins. So God's our parent. He's, we just go and do what we need to do. says in Joshua 1, 6, Be strong and good, of good courage, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give to them. No, we just, should just, we just need to be courageous in what we're doing. I said being a Christian is not, is not an easy life. It really, really isn't. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had People come up to me, and many of them come up and say, wow, man, I can tell you're a Christian. And I, I appreciate, appreciate that, but on the other side of the coin, I've had many people come up to me and as being a Christian, and I've been ridiculed. I've been talked down about. They want to argue the point that there is no God. The list goes on, and I'm sure many of you have probably been through that before, too. But God wants us to be courageous. No. What's the old song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus? He wants us to stand up for him. He wants you to be persecuted. It's going to make you stronger. He wants you to be ridiculed. Because guess what? It's going to make you stronger. As long as you keep your faith in God. Give your life for it. Wherever we give our lives to, whether it's some carnal pursuit or spiritual pursuit, we will reap what we sow. Therefore, we give our lives for the kingdom and the inheritance that comes with it so that we will reap the blessings that come with it. You know, it's, it's, this is talked about in the Bible over and over and over again about reaping what you sow. There's no place in, in the world for a lukewarm Christian. 
there's just no place for you. The, God's word, you know, the Bible tells us that, that, that God's going to spit us out of his mouth if you're lukewarm. He wants you to be hot for him. He wants you to be on fire for him. He wants you to be ready and able to do everything that he expects us to do. You know, there's going to be a, be a, come a time in the world when people are going to have to make very stark choices. You know, you know there's going to come a time in the world where, where the Antichrist is going to be on earth and he's going to be ruling. And you're going to have to make a choice of either one, taking the mark of the beast, or two, standing up for Christ and be prepared to give your life. And that's, that's in, in the book of Revelation, and, and it's very, very distinct on what's going to happen. People who don't take the mark of the beast, they're going to they're be, they're going to be put to death. Are you willing to give your life for Christ? I know I am. You can say, well, Dennis, you know what? We don't know when that's going to happen. No, we don't. We don't know when it's going to happen, but you know what? Christ could come. Christ could come in the next minute, and then the series of events will start. God's word says that you know there's going to be two people. One's going to be left standing. One's going to be you know one's going to be taken. One's going to be left behind. And that that's going to be in all all aspects of people. There, there are going to be pastors out there that are going to be left behind because you know what left behind because you know what they've sat here and they've sugarcoated the gospel. They only telling the people in their congregation what they want to hear. They're afraid to step on people's toes, and you know what? Sometimes we need our toes stepped on. Sometimes we have to have that happen to get us back on track. It's not meant to hurt people's feelings or, or anything like that. It's meant to say, hey, you know what? You're drifting off a little course a little bit. Let's get you back on course. So anyway, well, I was able to make it through my whole sermon. How about that? So in closing, you know what? God, just God, has, God has got so much to offer us. So many things that... that we have to look forward to eternally so many things that we can utilize now through, through Christ. So I'm just going to say if, if, if you're kind of in a spot out there and you feel like God's not using you in the way that you feel, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him about your troubles. Natalie's smiling. She knows, she knows the song I'm talking about. You know, God wants the best for everybody, everywhere. But for us to get there, we have to be obedient. We have to get on track. We have to start letting God live through us the fullest way possible.
We're living in a world where people are going to be critical of us. They're, when we're a Christian, they're ready to judge us. They're, they're ready for us to find that one little slip up. And then they can go, aha, I gotcha. This is what you just did. And that's not very Christ-like. And you call yourself a Christian. I've had it happen to me. And you know what? I'm not human. Well, I am human. I'm not human. It was, it was a long night last night. You know, but I'm human. You know. But we have the ability to make it right. We have the ability to sit down and say, God, yeah, I get it. I screwed up. I made a wrong choice. I made a wrong decision. I went left when I should have went right. Okay? And we just say, God, I'm sorry. Help me not to do that again. You know, we all have hang-ups. Trust me, I've got my hang-ups. I, you know, that I've, I, I even fight with today. And for a person, anyone, to, anyone can stand out there and say, I don't have a hang-up that I'm dealing with. You need to take a little bit closer look at yourself, because trust me, you do. We all have our burdens, but you know, Christ has the ability to take that away from us and give us just endless blessing. So if you're struggling, sit down and talk to Jesus. You know, He doesn't just want to hear from you whenever you have a problem going on in your life. He wants to hear from you and just say, hey God, thanks. I appreciate you for, for, for saving my soul. Thanks for, for, for leading me down the right path. You know, pray with him and talk to him about the good things that you're receiving too. Because there, there's no doubt in my mind whenever you do that, man, that just, just like when, when, when a new person gives their, their Christ, uh, gives their lives to Christ and the angels are rejoicing, Trust me, whenever you sit there and you give praise and glory to God for the good things he's done, they're up there rejoicing also. You know, when you're doing the right things in, in God's life, you know, that's, those are the days when, you know, uh, Gabriel could be up there saying, hey, God, look, there's Al, man, he just did this. And he, he's, out, he's out there, he's singing praise music and he's worshiping you. Man, that's awesome. You know, it could be Glenn, man. Glenn's out in the spiker bar, man. He's spreading the word, word of God to these people out there. Isn't that awesome? Angels are rejoicing, man. They're, they're up there doing the wave, you know. That's what's expected of us. You know, God is good. He, he loves us. He just wants to do everything that he, he can. He wants us to be the best that we can be. Kind of like the old army saying, army saying, be all you can be. He wants us as a Christian to be all that we can be if we just listen to him, listen to the Holy Spirit. In closing, if, you know, I want to do an altar call, if anybody here has any prayers that they want, you know, be glad to pray with you, myself and Natalie, we'll all gather around, um, around you and, and pray for you. If you've got things going on in your life or you have burdens that you're carrying, I'd be happy to pray with you. Anybody going once, going twice. We love y'all. Be safe over the next couple days.
still hasn't started snowing again. But uh, we love y'all. Natalie?